Today on Podcast Them Down, we're talking about dream theater and complaining, I bet. Welcome to Podcast Them Down. I'm Tim Regan from U.S. power metal band Burning Shadows, Fade to Black Metallica Tribute, Dual Violin Folk Metal Band Eisenmore, and Recently Vacated Graves True Zombie Metal. Be sure to subscribe, like, or follow. And now, on with the show. So, Mike, I don't know if you know about this obscure band named Dream Theater. I heard something about him. Or this uh, obscure website called Reddit. Oh, <laughs> yeah. This is this is. Is that like Dig? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's good. Um, <laughs> so wait, 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 wait. Is that like Friendster? Orchid? Is it? <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Okay. All right. <laughs> so. Um, so there was a post. Uh, the, here's here's a word I didn't think I'd be saying so early. <laughs> um, is there was a post by a user named Necropedophile <laughs> who put up who put up a meme called the Dream Theater Iceberg. Okay. So these iceberg memes are you know something's just the tip of the iceberg, and it's a bunch of text like facts about dream theater but then that's just the tip and then there's four levels and as you go down the iceberg there's more and more obscure facts okay hmm. so i went through it and uh you, you know i'm looking at a lot of it and going yeah i know that i know that uh, i saw a bunch of weird stuff that you know i like i had to look up a whole bunch of uh these facts and then some of them are just blatant lies <laughs> so so I thought it'd be fun to go through them all. All right. So, sounds good. Level one. So we'll start at level one. And level one is like, you know, relatively well-known facts. So for some oh. reason, the very first thing on there is music references and Octavarium. Oh, God. I'm not. I'm not. So I guess full disclosure is that. Yeah, go for it. I, uh, I'm pretty good with scenes from a memory forward and somewhat heretically not very good with anything prior to that but i have a okay, gap well this <laughs> my gap is octavarium and systematic chaos okay well let me <laughs> let me uh well let's just go uh, let's do it anyway yeah, yeah i feel like well we're going to but <laughs> i feel like uh, uh so this covers most of dream theater's history i feel like necropedophile Again, didn't think I'd be saying that word. Necropedophile is a, um, I feel like he's one of these dream, uh, uh, Mike Portnoy cult people who refuses to listen to them after, <clears throat> after he right. left, um, which, uh, you know, may, maybe that's not true because when we get to the end, there, there's one that, um, that kind of contradicts that but otherwise this is like all stuff including it's just mike portnoy era so octavarium there is a so it's a 20 minute song i think yep. it's a long song mm -hmm. and it's um oddly this is not one of the facts in there it is very um very uh similar to 
Wish You Were Here by Pink Floyd, like at least at the beginning. And you can tell there's a lot of like um, tributes in there and stuff like that. But uh, there's a part of Octavarium, the third part called Full Circle, where it, which is Mike Portnoy's ode, <laughs> Portnoy's? <laughs> Portnoy's ode to his musical influences. And it, it's called a cento. So where the end of the phrase uh, is the beginning of the next phrase. And what I should have done, Octavarium. How do you spell Octavarium? What I should have oh. done is looked up some of the words. Cento. Um, yes. <laughs> looked up some of the All words. Right. So, um, yeah, so it's called a cento. And let me find. Oh, man. This, that's the problem with the with a long song. All right. So here's here's some of them. Sailing on the seven sees the day trippers DM tripper DMs ready. Jack the Ripper, Owens, Wilson, Phillips, and my supper's ready. So it sounds like gibberish, but it's Jack the Ripper, Ripper Owens. Right. Owens Wilson, Wilson Phillips, and then you know, so it's all, it's all linked together and it makes sense when you hear the song. It doesn't make sense when I just read it, <laughs> but, um, so yeah, so this is supposed to be a not obscure fact. The, okay. so the references in here, it references Pink Floyd's The Wall, orchestral maneuvers in the dark, which is an electronic, an English electronic band, uh, Carpe Diem, which is the change of seasons reference. The Beatles' Day Tripper, Morrissey, Tim Ripper Owens, Owen Wilson, Wilson Phillips, Genesis, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, David Lee Roth, Cheech and Chong, Mighty Mouse, Spock's Beard, Nightmare Cinema, which we'll come back to, Genesis again, (laughs) so I guess he likes Genesis a lot, Styx, The Beatles again, and Pink Floyd again, Peter Blegvad, who's an American singer-songwriter, Okay. I didn't catch that one. Handle with Care by the Traveling Woolburys, which is a super group, including somehow I've never heard of the super group, but it has Bob Dylan, George Harrison, Roy Orbison, and Tom Petty in it. Jesus. <laughs> the Gong Show, Yes, The Doors, The Ramones, Neil Young, The Who, and Pink Floyd once again. So. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's all in like a verse. So that's pretty cool. All right. So the next fact is the Metropolis part one and part two connections. This one's obvious. Okay. (laughs) So Metropolis part two scenes from memory is a sequel for Metropolis part one on images and words. There's a lot of musical themes that are recycled. Right. So up from the original song. So. You know, that one's obvious. The next one is, what is the original name of the band? Oh, fuck. Do you know? Majest- uh, uh, I'm, uh, I'm close. Yeah, you are. Majesty. Ma- majesty? majesty. Okay. Yes, I, I need a ding, 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> I got to add. Oh, how about? That'll do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. At least I got um, trivia question one correct. That's I right. I get more. Oh, it gets so weird. Don't worry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Majesty was 
Dream Theater's original name. They stopped using it when a Las Vegas jazz ensemble sent them a cease and desist. So they decided not to fight it and just change their name. Do you know about the majesty symbol? Yeah, it's like the, the it looks like a circle with a like an X and an M in it and so so what it actually what it is is a phi, a mu, and a lambda on top okay. of each other. It was inspired by the Mary Queen of Scots mark and reworked into the majesty symbol by Portnoy? No, Charlie Dominici. Uh, got uh, fired like right after this. Well, whoops. <laughs> wah, wah. And he has a tattoo of it. <laughs> oh, that poor bastard. So I was a little surprised. This one looked kind of obvious to me. I'm surprised it wasn't included in this whole iceberg thing. Yitzy Jam, the song off mm-hmm. the first album, is Majesty Backwards. Oh. Huh. <laughs> I never noticed that. All right. All right. So you're probably going to... Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, maybe it's not obvious. Uh, let's, maybe let's put that on a different, different uh, level. All right. All right. So the next one, do you know what the 12-step suite is? Yeah, it's the whole, um, the glass prison, his AA, his AA journey in musical form. That's right. So it's on, um, <laughs> you, so you're missing, uh, four of the steps because if you don't have Octavarium and systematic chaos, <laughs> it's, oh yeah, um, that's where two of the songs are. So it is the glass prison of six degrees, this dying soul from Train of Thought, The Root of All Evil on Octavarium, Repentance on Systematic Chaos, and The Shattered Fortress on Black Clouds and Silver Linings. And then The Mirror on Awake is kind of like a prelude to all this. Oh, that I didn't know. Yeah, so it was written before before he decided to do this. So if you listen to the 12-step suite all the way through, if it was its own album... I think it would be the worst album. <laughs> uh, there are I really parts like, I really like, yeah, and all like, of those parts are in the Shattered Fortress. So I like the Shattered Fortress. <laughs> well, I, I really liked the Glass Prison. Like, but, but that was when I started listening to Dream Theater. Six Degrees was the current album that was out. So I listened to the Glass Prison a lot, but I didn't really, and especially because I missed two albums. And I've tried to get into them, and it just hasn't worked for me for whatever reason. Um, but that the twelve steps suite hasn't outlasted its welcome as much for me as I think it has for you. <laughs> well, it's just, well, I don't like the glass prison. Uh, I don't like most of this dying soul. Repentance is just kind of meh to me. You know, these are all these are all my opinions. Feel free mm-hmm. to disagree. And if you disagree, you know, write me a nasty email and then we'll do a follow up. And uh, the email go. address is podcastthemdown at gmail.com. So I, I, uh, I will say, of a, just a slight tangent of six degrees, if you dropped the first disc, I'd, be, I'd still be okay with that album. <laughs> I, I think I was saving this for later, but I, yes, I agree. I like Disappear. That's the mm-hmm. last track last track of the first disc but uh yeah if it was just the second disc i'd be happy <laughs> like right. I, I, it's the first disc that i can't listen to 
it, yeah, it, it has some some high high. It has some high highs and low lows. <laughs> gotcha. Maybe more low lows than high highs. <laughs> so the the twelve step suite was dedicated to Bill W and his friends. Do you know who that is? I don't. The founder of AA. Ah, interesting. Okay. And Bill W is. Uh, you can look up his name, so he's not really anonymous at all. <laughs> all right, the next so-called fact is Rush Inspirations. <laughs> okay, <laughs> really, Dream Theater? Are yeah, you who sure? Who would have known? All right, so I I added one at this level. What are the six degrees of inner turbulence? Oh, jeez. Uh, like the songs or the yeah. the the mental states they represent the mental could, states in the song i could do i the looked lo- them up yeah. i have them here i uh, like i did all my research so it, like it sounds like i'm dream theater ultra fan but i'm not i i uh i have a document in front of me that i researched everything so this is all like quiz time for mike <laughs> all right there's bipolar yes there's postpartum depression yes there's ptsd yes there's autism You're halfway there you're oh yep keep going and that is autism is solitary shell so i'm trying i'm trying to remember okay the, the first one is bipolar the what is the second okay fuck i got four of them <laughs> i can uh look up the track list if that would help you every day uh, uh all right the track list. Like dissociative <laughs> disorder uh, you know what i I'm going to accept that. Okay. Um, but that is not listed on here. I, I'm I'm thinking of um the last song. She dresses in black every day. I can't I don't think Yeah, so what's a what's a less specific name for that? A multiple personality disorder. Oh, oh, uh just like depression? Yeah, depression. <laughs> okay. That's that's what the Wikipedia article said. Oh this is okay. off um the fandom.com wiki not okay. not the main wiki so the one you're missing is schizophrenia okay but oh i'm sorry you did not win the uh, the grand prize i'm sorry i did, <laughs> the, I did okay the postpartum did, is the you, one i think is harder to i'm i'm really impressed <laughs> i wouldn't have uh figured half those out I, right, I have so, looked this up in the past because i was curious what exactly they were describing because a few of them are obvious but solitary shell, I don't think is as obvious um, because I don't. I, I guess when I, I I don't necessarily think about just like writing a ton because it sounds like this person is super creative. And then when I when I write, it's like okay, I guess it makes sense now that I'm reading the lyrics and like their their ideas for it. But it was like I was like I'm not quite sure what they're what they're discussing, but. Well, my favorite part of uh, Six Degrees is James Labrie's doctor voice. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we try shock treatment? <laughs> I don't think I realized that was Labrie. It was so you really could use some help. I love that part. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that is the end of level one. So now we're getting into level two, which is somewhat obscure. All right, so mm-hmm. this is more obscure. Scenes from a Memory is based on Dead Again, the film. Oh, God. I have no idea what that film is. 
Me neither. I looked it up. So from IMDb, it's a 1991 film starring Kenneth Branagh and Emma Thompson. And the Kenneth synopsis. Branagh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so the synopsis is a woman, a woman who has lost her memory is taken in by a Los Angeles orphanage and a private eye is enlisted to track down her identity, but he soon finds that he might have a past life connection to her that endangers their lives. Okay. Interesting. I'm, so there was, there was no, this, this whole iceberg thing didn't have sources. <laughs> so, um, I don't know if that is just a coincidence or if anyone at any point ever said, Oh, we were watching dead again and thought it would make, make a good story for uh, scenes from a memory. But so, all right. Yeah. That's, that's how I feel. All right, all right. So now, dream. Uh, we're. This is the first like prog nerd complaint fact. So let let's right. see. If I said the word shrimp to you, what do, what does that mean anything to you? No, not a clue. All right. This is where all the prog nerds say James Lebrie ruined his voice, and he's oh. never been good since 1994 oh. because he got food poisoning. All right, so okay, I, is, I, I do this, know this. Yeah, this is from the fandom.com <laughs> wiki. Sometime in 1994, shortly after the recording of Awake, while vacationing in Cuba, because he's Canadian, so he can go to Cuba. All <laughs> oh, <once>. that's right. <laughs> Labrie caught food poisoning from some bad shellfish. The constant vomiting causing him to rupture his vocal cords. Labrie sought out many vocal coaches, doctors, and experts who all said there was nothing that could be done other than to rest his voice as much as possible for at least a year. However, Labrie went against these wishes to tour with Dream Theater, further damaging his voice, leading to a live career that is notably spotty. Labrie claimed his voice did not feel normal until 1997, Though he injured his voice again in 2000, almost completely destroying it. So, no further details on this 2000 thing. Yeah. I assume touring again? <laughs> so. I saw him close to there. And he, I, mean, I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe my memory is, is off, but I don't remember him sounding, like, alarmingly different. <laughs> uh, so, it keeps going. <laughs> It was it was at this point that he fell into depression and suffered some weight gain and his performances suffered while with inconsistencies in both his vocal performance and frontman abilities leading Portnoy and Petrucci to consider replacing him. After a wake-up call confrontation, Lurie focused his energy on improvement, seeking out a new vocal coach and starting a regimen diet and a regimen of diet and exercise, which improved both his physique and his vocal abilities. However, as the years have passed, people have started to take notice that James Labrie's voice is growing significantly weaker and cannot hit many of the high notes that he used to be able to and having a more nasal tone to his voice. This has led to the band lowering the tunings of some of the songs when playing live on their 2017 tour, such as the entire Images and Words album, except for Wait for Sleep, and A Change of Seasons, to name a few. A lot of people have attributed this to the vocal growl he used on the Awake album and tour in 1993, rather than the aforementioned food poisoning incident. And it makes sense. Studies have shown that Labrie's technique... The, uh, 
Labrie's technique is only helpful for the lowest parts of a person's vocal range, any higher than that, and the person runs a very high risk of doing serious permanent damage to their voice. He has been terrible since 1994, apparently. This is, this is on a Wikipedia. It's supposed to sound like not, I'm sorry, it's on the, the fan one, but it's supposed to yeah. sound official, and it says, and it makes sense. You can just hear this in the prognoid, prog nerd voice. Yeah, and, <laughs> so, I mean, think about, like, um, with the Astonishing, too, it's like, one of the, one of the common, like, when reading reviews for it, one of the common things was like, wow, Labrie is really on his game. <laughs> so, so, and that was like, what was that, like three, four years ago? Somewhere there? Oh, no, no, no. He has ruined his voice, Mike. <laughs> Were you listening? Yeah, that's, that's it, a bizarre critique. Uh, this is, yeah, this is the thing everyone complains the most about Dream Theater. Oh, Labrie is terrible. And I, like, I don't buy it. He sure he has off nights. Everyone has off nights. He's a singer. He's trying to do ridiculous stuff, you know, and um, Metallica tuned down in the nineties and no one complained about that. I mean, every time I, I I started seeing dream theater in what, like 2000 ish somewhere in there, or or maybe it was in the, maybe it was the late nineties. No, no, no. It it was a six degrees tour. So it must've been a few years after that. So maybe 2002, 2003, but I have never personally seen him have an off night. He always sounded good to me. Yeah. So I, uh, I yeah, that's yeah. I, the one of the last couple times I saw him, he uh, he kept apologizing. He's like, oh, it's just dry or something like that. I was like, sounds fine. What's he talking sounds about? Sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Also, he's like, he's getting old, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so. Okay, so here's a question. What what would be worse? Him trying to do the high notes and failing or playing it safe and not doing the high notes? I think failing would be would be worse. So, uh a Judas Priest uh Ripper st- uh, not Ripper. What the hell am I talking about? <laughs> Judas Priest Rob Halford still tries to do Painkiller. And like it doesn't sound very good, but yeah, I do respect him for trying. So, but but still, I'd rather just maybe maybe don't do painkiller live, you know? Yeah, or, or or pitch it down, I guess. But so so uh, the band Angra, you know, their yeah. their their original singer Andre Matos, who sadly I, I'm I'm still bummed over the fact that he died recently. Um, but he he just naturally has a very high voice. He just oh, does, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and I don't. I don't believe he had any vocal training or anything like that. But so, so Angra went through two singer changes over time. One of them was Eduardo Falashi, who was awesome, and then the other one was, in the, in the the most recent one, who's still their singer, is Fabio Leone. So I saw them at, at Prague Power playing Holy Land live, which was fronted by Andre Matos again. So like Fabio. Love him or hate him is a phenomenal singer. Like he's very, very good. He's, he's is he opera? Is he like a classically trained or opera trained? Uh, uh, he he sounds like he's pretending to be if he's not. You know? uh, from what he did at the show, if he's not classically opera trained, I would be very surprised. But even he cannot hit the notes in Holy Land. 
that Andre used to hit. And, and it's like, I know Fabio has a fantastic range, so, but there were just times when he was, it's like, I know you're at the top. <laughs> like I, you're, you're just, or, or maybe a little bit past it. You're trying, but, but it's, you know, some people just can't hit these notes, even if they're phenomenal singers. So, yeah, I, I, I have nothing but uh, respect and love for James Labrie. So, yeah, I love know. James. I, I you and, know, he, he has a unique voice, and but that's okay with me. I think he sounds good. And and cue the uh, the flood of people going. Here's here's a here's a live video where it didn't sound good. Okay, sure. I'm sure there's a ton of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is how gigging uh, is, how, right? Yeah. How many videos of them are there of him singing well? Probably a lot more. So. Right. All right. Next. Nightmare Cinema. Okay. I'm, I know this term. Okay. So this was masterminded by Derek Sherinian, the keyboardist. Okay. Yep. So they they only did this from 1997 to 1999. So for encores, they would come out and switch instruments. Oh yeah. Same thing that every dumb cover band does. You know, the the uh, the guitarist wants to play drums, so the drum drummer has to go play bass or something. You know, they they, right. they all swap. So they all they all had uh they all had alternate names. So James Labrie was Abdul Matahari <laughs> and he's, he was still the vocalist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Then Derek Sherinian as Nikki lemons played guitar. Mike Portnoy as Max Del Fuvio played bass. John Myung as juice Malus, best name. <laughs> juice <laughs> played juice Malus. <laughs> he played keyboards and then John Petrucci as Johnny James played drums. So I have a, a link of video to this. Um, if you uh, if you go to podcastthemdown.steelresolve.com, there'll be a post, and I'll have the uh, the video for this. They're they're playing, but like uh, John Petrucci is, is is kind of a wacky looking drummer because his like <laughs> hand is swinging so much, hitting the cymbals and. Yeah, so Metallica did uh, something similar uh, on the on the Justice tour, and I think on the Black Album tour they they they'd swap and play uh, "Am I Evil," and exactly as you'd expect, James on drum. Well, actually, it's, maybe it's not exactly as you'd expect. Is James Hetfield on drums, and he's a better drummer than John Petrucci? There, I said it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe. And, that one of the greatest guitarists isn't as good of a drummer as, <laughs> as the Metallica guitarist. And then uh, Jason would play guitar, Kirk would play bass, and Lars would sing. And uh, shocking, Lars isn't a good singer. Yeah, that but, doesn't support me. You know, they're just goofing around, you know. So. Yeah, 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 it's fine. So uh, Derek Sherinian had a solo project called Black Utopia. He named a song after Nightmare Cinema. Oh, mm. uh, I, I missed something here. They would play Perfect Strangers by Deep Purple, and at least once they did Suicide Solution by Ozzy. Oh, that's pretty cool. I like that song. Me too. <laughs> so um, so here's, here's one I added. Did you, did you know Jordan Rudess plays guitar as well? 
not only uh, does he play, he's amazing. I didn't know he was amazing. I got the impression that he played a guitar only because I saw a promo image for maybe his solo stuff where he's holding a guitar. And that's the only that's, that's the only inclination I ever had towards that. So when Link, Liquid Tension Experiment was touring, they did a uh, show in Chicago and the keyboards weren't working. And so instead of canceling the show, they, they couldn't get any of the keyboards working for... I don't know all the details, but uh, he came out and played guitar with Petrucci instead, and I think they just improvised. But uh, that that is on YouTube. So if you look up Liquid Tension Experiment live in Chicago, you that's can pretty find cool. It. That's pretty cool. All right, I I didn't know this one. I like this. Metropolis Part One wasn't supposed to have a sequel. <laughs> I I did know this actually. I I didn't. This was new new to me. So it says uh, the part one in the title was originally added by Petrucci as a joke, as no sequel was ever intended. However, as fans' demands began to increase and the popularity of the song eventually led to a second song being written, and you probably know this as well. The second song was originally a twenty-minute epic originally intended to be on Falling Into Infinity. However, it was cut from the album at an early state before the song was completed. Hmm. I actually did not know that one. So, so I, I, can I go on a brief tangent about about this sort of thing? Um, yes. So, so it's not really musically related, but, but I find it interesting. Um, so there's an event in, uh, in Maryland called the Small Press Expo, and... A Is bunch it a big of, event? Uh, <laughs> medium, so medium press press expo, really. Um, no, but but I read a lot of, or I used to read a lot of web comics, and there was a panel that they were having on like web comic, web comics that use world building, um, and one of the things I found, I I, uh, I asked a question about you know, like mistakes that they had to deal with, uh, you know, that they just had, now they have to live with because they, you know, they built it. And now it's like, they made this assertion and they can't get away from it. Um, which I, which I thought was interesting, but, but that's kind of an aside. The thing, the thing I wanted to, to relate here though, is that, uh, I think they were asked a question or brought up stuff that they mentioned in passing in, in their comics for which they had no real plan. Um, and then getting bit by it later. Uh, and I, I remember one, one, uh, author, she was saying that, you know, she, there, were, she made mention of like some war or some event and it was just supposed to be like a side comment. Like it wasn't, there wasn't, it wasn't really supposed to be anything that she ever intended in explaining. And then eventually fans were like, so what is that thing? And she was like, Oh shit. I have no idea what it is. I have to figure it out, <laughs> which it sounds like this is Metropolis part two is basically, <laughs> That entire concept was like, ah, crap. I guess we have to come up with part two now. <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> uh, Truth and Legend by Burning Shadows, the song. The uh, mm. What's originally Truth and Legend part one. <laughs> but then we, uh, we decided to drop the part one because we didn't know if we'd want to write a part two. <laughs> so, right. so, like, uh, so, <laughs> Uh, we'll find out if it, if it ever sees the light of day, but there is a part two being worked on. But it's a good thing. I, I'm still glad we didn't put part one on the end. <laughs> so, You're not obligated. Exactly. 
All right. <clears throat> the next one. Mike, eat my ass and balls. Mm. I don't I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> it's not. Uh, so <laughs> apparently live they uh, replaced a bunch of lyrics with eat my ass and balls. <laughs> really? Yes. So in um in uh oh what's that song? It's on scenes from memory. It goes without love, without truth. There can be no turning back. Well, they changed. They for a while they were changing it to "Without Love, Without Truth." You can eat my ass and balls. <laughs> That's so strange. And then, uh, one time they were performing "As I Am," and uh, I'll I'll link this on the uh, on the post as well. <laughs> they did "As I Am," and then they all stop. And Mike and James at the same time, you can eat my ass and balls instead of. Take me as I am. And like, it looks to me like James Labrie does not want to be saying this. He's like, Mike. So I'm, I'm willing to bet it was Portnoy's idea, <laughs> but apparently they, they peppered this phrase in all over the place. So, and I read somewhere that live scenes in New York has it. I'm not, I, huh. I never noticed. I never noticed it. There's a, so in the, this, the Strapping Lad live album, they have a song called Oh My Fucking God, and he takes a break in the middle of it. And this is not in the studio version to say, get down here and suck my buddy's cock. Um, <laughs> and when I was discovering Strapping a Lad, this was, the live version was the song that was everywhere on the internet in like the late 90s on mb3.com or wherever I, I heard it from. And uh, I heard the studio version, I was like expecting get down here and suck my buddy's cock. And it just never, never, <laughs> never materialized. So it was a weird thing. It was, it's, it's just a weird thing to like, no. Okay. That's probably for the best. Really? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the next, next thing on there is Steve stone. Mm. So I didn't know who this was. He was the yeah. singer between Charlie Dominici, who sung on one dream and day unite and James Labrie. And, um, <laughs> Was Stone ever on an album? No, he was fired. Oh. <laughs> so, this is great. Not wanting Stone to be dull on stage as he felt their previous singer, Charlie Dominici, was. Mike Portnoy gave Steve Stone a uh, concert tape of Iron Maiden to inspire him. The live result was disastrous. After <laughs> playing... <laughs> After playing three songs instrumentally, Portnoy announced Stone as their new singer, and he attempted to sing attempted to sing the remaining three songs on the set list. Stone heard his voice early on and croaked through the rest of the show. Furthermore, he embarrassed the band with his onstage antics, seemingly doing a bad impression of Bruce Dickinson, cavorting around the stage in an over-the-top manner. St Stone also infamously shouted scream for me long beach at several points embarrassing the band further as they were not in long beach but rather bay shore <laughs> to add oh. insult to injury stone proclaimed that this was the new dream theater he was fired shortly after the show though St stone claimed it was mutual and already had a plane ticket back home and asked portnoy to drive him to the airport which angered portnoy <laughs> 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 God, I, I didn't know about it. this. 
music. <laughs> no, no, I had never heard heard That's that terrible. story. <laughs> well, like, I, I almost want to feel pity. It's like he was sort of told to do it, but maybe not. It's like I expected like you to have some sense of when to stop. <laughs> right, he took it too literally. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So the next one, Octavarium concept and meaning. So uh, clearly after this, you're going to have to go out and listen to Octavarium, at least the song. Yeah. So the concept is that the songs on Octavarium follow the chromatic scale. There are eight natural notes and five accidentals, and it goes from F to F. Okay? okay. So the root of all evil is an F. The sounds, the, the transitions between songs are all the accidentals accidentals so root of all evil and f these sounds before answer live within are f sharp answer live within is g the transitions in g sharp these walls is an a the transitions in a sharp i walk beside you is in b panic attack is in c because there's no accidental between b and c the synth solo at the end is in c sharp and then never enough is in d the voices at the end of Never Enough are in D-sharp. Sacrifice Sons in E. And then Octavarium, the song is in F. That's cute. Sure. Yes. <laughs> so, you, you know, I sometimes I think it's easier to write in a box, you know? Like, mm-hmm. you put these constraints on yourself. So... Um, so, maybe, maybe it was easier to write this way. I think it's a neat concept. Yeah, the, um, the, it's yeah, it's it's cool. Uh, it, I don't find it extraordinarily compelling, but I don't hate it. <laughs> it's fine. There are, yeah. So there, there are also fives and eights throughout the artwork because it was their eighth album, and there's five Dream Theater members, mm. and there's like stop signs which have eight sides, and then there's like there's one of those Newton's cradle things, and it has five uh, balls. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, harkening so, back uh, to the earlier fact. Uh, yeah. Yep. So I like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. The next one, this was not in the original um, meme, but this was added by uh, a user by the name of John Princeton. So was, I wonder what his real name is. <laughs> uh, cleaning out the closet. It is a fourth fan club, the fourth fan club DVD release CD. Oh man, <laughs> it's, it's You're dating it's yourself. Or, or, yeah, it's getting late. <laughs> All right, cleaning out the closet is the fourth fan club CD released by Dream Theater, which was released in 1999. So it's a bunch of rare tracks and B sides. Right. Uh, it is the earliest footage of Jordan Rudess as a member of Dream Theater as part of a CD-ROM extra. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So on here are. Uh, some of the songs on the track list are two different versions of To Live Forever, Raise the Knife, which they played at score, I believe. There's an instrumental called Eve. Um, there's some other stuff. Right. It's like, all right. All right, so the next one is Canadian Rap. <laughs> okay. This is, uh, so I, I do have a link to this. Uh, Canadian Rap is an improvised jam session between Mike Portnoy and James Labrie that was included as the last part of, what did they say? On the Scenes from a World Tour fan club CD. 
The listener can clearly hear at the beginning that Labrie did not want to perform this, but Portnoy started drumming before he could complain more. <laughs> God. So it's James Labrie rapping. You know, and the timing sounds exactly right, because they're on the scene from a memory tour. <laughs> so that was 2000-ish. Yeah, that's... Huh. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, two more added by... Uh, this guy, Chris Cintron, auditioned after Charlie Dominici left and was going to be the new singer until James Labrie happened. <laughs> and then John Hendricks is another guy who auditioned. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. These are just boring facts now. Right. <laughs> All right. The next one. Uh, Dream Theater covered Winter by Tori Amos. All right. Okay. Yeah. Good for them. Who cares? <laughs> um then uh, I added a couple. The uh, the owner of Bear Tracks Studio played sax on another day. I thought that was <laughs> that was neat. Like, did he pressure them? <laughs> what? It's like, so what you boys need is a sax solo. <laughs> <laughs> he just stumbles in every day, drunk with a sax. You need me today? <laughs> Today's the day, man. <laughs> I got I got to swear. <laughs> No, what is the, um? I think Rocky Raccoon by the Beatles. Was it the producer that did like the honky tonk sounding piano? <laughs> I think that's. I think he did. But yeah, I guess that just happens. I'm sure there were times in the Beatles history you could you could do whatever you wanted because <laughs> just <laughs> yeah they they'd cut they they wouldn't be at the studio at the same time as anyone else. So. Like, so, so Rocky Raccoon is weird in general because apparently they didn't really have it written before they got to the studio. They were just like, hey, we'll figure it out. We'll make it work somehow. <laughs> and uh, so the last one on level two is To Live Forever was cut from images and words, even though it was on the demo that got them their record contract. Oh, wow. <laughs> so... Uh, the other two songs were Metropolis and Take the Time. So I wonder, I wonder why you know, what, that. yeah. And why there's a couple versions of it. They played it. I mean, they've played it live, but I don't think it ever really made it onto a CD. So, so it's not on any studio album at all. I don't think so. Jeez. That's weird. All right. So we're going to end it here for this episode. So, uh, Tune in next time for levels three and four. So thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Podcast Them Down. You can find Burning Shadows, Eisenmore, and recently vacated breaks on Bandcamp, as well as Facebook, along with Fade to Black Metallica Tribute and Podcast Them Down itself. Until next time, keep it metal.